It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Joe, the first time we're recording a podcast since we both hit the big 6-0, oh, and I have right. some random ruminations about how I feel about this. How has it gone with you, Well, turning you, 60? You found this your house. I found my house, so directional control's not a problem yet. I told my wife, though, it might be COVID still, but I have become even more moronic than i have been in my life i can't remember things i can't remember things i will say that i do have some some uh short-term memory lapse yeah i'm not joking your name is what what you are no you know what we here 40 is 40 was okay you because you still felt young and 40 was the new 30 and all that 50 was yeah that's like holy 60 to me is surreal it's just it's weird yeah i know because i tell people i tell students that i go to visit with our nonprofit. And uh, just to uh, get a, I'll, I'll say, and by the way, you do not, and I mean this, okay? You're strikingly handsome. You've, you've kept your age well. You and I have both abused our, our vessels pretty good. Yes, we have. And so it could all end tomorrow. But, you look but great. You, look, you do. You look great. We're hanging in there, man. Yeah, we are. So, uh, but it's weird. It I wonder is. if our guest, our guest, I don't know how old, but I, we'll find out in a second. But I, I would, I'd be surprised if he was born in black and white or in color. Yeah. Um, He's uh, he looks damn good himself, yeah. but uh, the sixty—it's just weird, as you said. Thirties, forties—the age is always out there, but now we're here. I and, feel and, relief. And my, I feel like we've made it because we have had you know <laughs> classmates and people. Let's be honest, we've had people that that in the past ten years have not uh, made. You know, we I remember celebrating their fifth. Yeah, so it's just yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on that, but I, it's just. <laughs> Just strange. Well, since our demographic is all young, they're glad to know that we're sixty. They're like, we thought you guys were in your thirties. <laughs> not, not, not really. You got Silly anything for people. me before we get to our guests? Silly people. Um, I, it's just good to be here. It is good. It is good to be here. Um, as well, we're rolling into fall. We like to not date these shows, but uh, this morning was about fifty degrees when yeah. I walked out the door, and is that first jolt of. Ooh, here comes fall, and it felt so good after wherever you're listening to this in the country or the world. You know, people listen to us in India. We're, we're in ten countries. We've been in Bangladesh too. We've seen that. Wow, we're, we're fluent. <laughs> we're fluent in Bangladeshis. Uh, the temperatures not even a word. have just been smoking this summer. So uh, yeah. uh, to me, fall's a new year, a new day, and a new wipe away on life. And I think we've got some good conversations with our guests today on those topics. Hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. And it lands on G. Gillum, Malone Gillum, the Reverend Malone Gillum, uh, born and He's raised. He's a reverend, and we've had some pre-talk that He's, that was very salty. Malone is a terrific oh, I've got to clean it up. individual. Born and raised because he's a Texas guy. He is the leading edge of the frontier spirit. Uh, he uh, is from Fort Davis, Texas. And whether it's music, a cold beer, or the spirit of God around him, uh, he is a fantastic leader. And in all uh, div- divulging everything, I'm a member of the church. St. George's Episcopal Church is where you'll find Malone. He was the undergrad at the University of the South in Swanee. Got his Master's of Divinity from the Trinity Episcopal School for Ministry in Pittsburgh. He's uh, served the Church of Holy Cross in Sullivan's Island, South Carolina. We're I think going if to you're spontaneously be a church- combust being in front of a man of 
of, uh, with that resume. Be in Does Sullivan's he know who Island, he's dealing with South right now? Carolina. But now he's returned to his, uh, I would call it his home. He served at St. George's before and then went and served rector as rector at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Edenton, North Carolina. He is the guy in charge now, the new rector at St. George's Episcopal Church in, in Nashville, the Reverend Malone Gillum. Sir, welcome. Welcome to the second cup of Joe. And John! Well, it sounds like I've got about five more years of actual <laughs> life, because I'm 55, and it sounds like it's 60. It all it, goes it down. Goes. You'll complain like <laughs> us. But uh, you mentioned the Trinity in some respect. Obviously, there there's the real Trinity, but there's also the Trinity of God, music, and beer. <laughs> So you're all over it. In ascending order, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, those are the three things that um, that I like to engage in my life. So that's that's perfect. Well, as a Texas guy here in Tennessee, it's a perfect fit for you. Uh, to, to know Malone is to love his stories. You're a storyteller. T is for Texas, T's for Tennessee. There you go. And <laughs> you carry the, the, the split well, because those could be hot topics here in Tennessee. Uh, but as rector of our church... Um, what we like to talk about today is some of uh, what's going on in the world. Reconciliation is what we need. Hope is what we need in our world. And so um, how do you go through your day? Or uh, we were talking earlier off mic, today's a sermon writing day. Thur- Thursdays must bring uh, you know preparation for the weekend and such. Uh, it's a world of chaos right now. And how do you, A, center yourself on hope, and B, lead that to other people? Well, Joe, in fact, this last Sunday, I just preached on liminal space. And liminal space, it's kind of a buzzword, has been for the last several years, 20 years. It's liminal is a threshold. So you're kind of moving from one thing into another. In architectural terms, it might be a hallway. You're going from the living room to the kitchen. That's your liminal space. Well, social scientists are saying we're in global liminal space, right? The world seems to be changing and going places, and it's scary. So that's that's one thing. People are in more fear today than they have been. Y'all have probably talked about this at some point, that, you know, it seemed like we grew up in a kinder, gentler age when sure. we were kids, right? And so the world seems to be changing. So is it in respect of reconciliation, first you just have to recognize that emotions are so much more heightened now. There's more fear and anxiety going around, uh, not just in America, but on our planet. So right, why is that? Other than the obvious, I mean, political divides, yeah, yeah, right? Political. And so that's the retrenching because whenever we're scared, we retrench into what's familiar and we try to gain control and you see it on blue and red, right? You, we just see it around us. So regardless of what color you want to be, it's happening on both sides, right? And we want to retrench because we feel like we're losing control. That's the fear. Um, and it ends up intersecting almost everything within our lives. So um, you, you, you can't, what, what is it with people that I have to, I have to, you know, what's made it worse are these phones that are sitting in front of us. You can get your opinion out. You can say whatever you want instantly. And it's just for the sake of argument. So uh, for hope, I always thought that, uh, you know, without a lack of hope, in your life, um, what's the goal? You know, I think it's it's been COVID was a monster beatdown for people when we were all stuck in our houses, and even for the church, getting people back in the church has been a major issue of uh, 
I think one of the worst parts of COVID was the separation of our spirituality. We were, we were built to be together in a community. We weren't. And now just coming back to church in itself has been a, a very difficult goal. You bring up COVID. It was really an interesting space for the religious world because with the forced kind of uh, sequestering that we had, people became much more open to community. They craved it because they couldn't have it any longer. As a result, people became more open spiritually. Some of those uh, barriers that we build up came down because they wanted to interact. And so Zoom became like new communities for so many people, right? We wanted it so bad, Zoom felt legitimate uh, in many ways. And so immediately... After COVID, people did come back to church, and they began to serve more in different um, volunteer aspects around the country. And then life returned to normal, normal, and it began to fade away just like it was pre-COVID. The barriers begin to come up. There's more distractions. There's more for me to do, more opportunities to do this or that. And so it seems like, it feels like COVID was a lost opportunity in a way because we had people engaged in community and now they've kind of separated again. And I don't know the answer for that, um, but I don't think people are as open as they were just three years ago. Well, I, I can tell you running a nonprofit for high schools to help them graduate and have a plan after high school. When I talk to our specialists, our teachers, the number one feedback that I didn't, other than the obvious of how the learning interrupted learning loss has, has really rocked this, this young generation, every generation for that matter. But when you don't have a regular high school experience, uh, you know, with, you know, Joe getting dropped uh, on prom night or whatever, you know, or getting a D in English or whatever your issues were in school. I don't yeah, know, you know, but, but they didn't have the usual ups and downs of high school life. Simple communication, students, young people communicating with each other with their head up, their eyes up, looking at each other and not looking at their devices. They don't know how to communicate with each other. They don't know how to horse around in the hallways. It's like they just don't know how to even engage. And it worries me that now they're going to be in, you know, going to college and be in businesses and, and running this world in 10 years or so. And they don't have a clue how to just talk and agree to disagree. Yeah, I you know, social scientists will know this better than I do, but at least part of this is, again, we grew up in a generation, and I'm thankful, when I was at college, there were no smartphones with cameras on it, because I I wouldn't be the head of the church. (laughs) None of us would have jobs. Right now. None none of us. Um, Thank God there was no YouTube. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so they've grown up under a microscope, right? And it's no wonder they don't know how to communicate, because you got to keep your head down. <laughs> sure. However, as you said at the beginning, we do it in some anonymity on our screens, you know, long range, but we don't communicate face-to-face well at all. That's correct. Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. Not really. Probably our guest could... We Wax were looking, poetic. We're looking for life lessons. We're looking for help us. What do you want to do when you grow up is what <laughs> parents say because they're looking for ideas themselves. Life lessons, uh, Malone, are maybe uh, things that, uh, you know, there was a lot of turns in your life from being in from Texas to South Carolina to going back to North Carolina, here now with your family. Malone's uh, 
has a large family, four daughters, absolutely lovely life, mm. wife, Mary. And so that's a lot of movement, a lot of parts in your life. What life lessons for you uh, do you look back and you say, Ish, why did that happen? Or Lord, you know, what's, you know, doesn't everything seem to have led to one to another, like a seamless move now, but maybe at the time it was total chaos for you? No. <laughs> It's okay, let's go to the next segment. <laughs> but that was but good. Joe, that, <laughs> one word answer for life lessons. No, it was awesome, Joe, but it still feels somewhat chaotic. Yeah. Because, you know, there are many popular preachers out there who'd say everything happens for a reason. You know, there's a specific plan, and I just don't believe that. I believe God has asked us to be a reflection of goodness in this world, and he's given us the ability to make decisions, and he's with us either way. Um, there's a guy I respect who said, who described it this way, the world is like a casino and God is the benevolent casino owner and he bids us to come play, come play, you know, but he can always um, comp somebody if he wants, but what does he know? At the end of the day, the house wins. Yeah. He wins. So I don't, I think we've been given freedom in this world. So I don't believe it's a specific plan but back to life lessons, some of the things I've learned is to quit trying to insist on being right all the time. It's exhausting and it's fruitless. Oh, and no, it, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I know what that feels like, said and, nobody. Yeah, and to listen, I've learned so much from my daughters. You mentioned my daughters. They're How old? 25, 22, 20, and 17. Oh, my. And to listen to them without jumping straight into father's nose best you know you need to listen to me because i've been around the block a time or two and and to listen to them in the world that they live in has broadened my perspective on any number of social issues and has helped me actually become more compassionate so i'm grateful to them that's been a life lesson for me what brought you to ministry Years ago. No, no, that that doesn't fit. Cute girls. (laughs) No, no. Let's don't go in for money or cute girls. Um when I was in fourth grade, I was sitting in a little Presbyterian church in Fort Davis, Texas, and was watching the minister preach. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything that dramatic, but I had a knowing beyond knowing that I would do that someday. So I've kind of known for a long time. I tabled it, went to college, president of my fraternity, uh, was not pursuing ministry, and it took until my mid-30s, really, before I went to seminary. Um, so it was all, it's been with me for my entire life, and there's nothing I'd rather do. But. Give us a go-to sermon. Like, you know this is the rock star. This is people. I'm going to have them in the palm of my hand. Do you have a, do you have a go-to sermon? Uh, story, parable, something, vignette that, that you're like, all right, I'm pulling out I'm pulling out my A game. Wow, great question. Honestly, I don't think of it that way. To me, the go-to is building a bridge from contemporary or pop culture to what I want to speak about. That's the go-to because if I touch people where they're living, the things they're watching on TV, the music they're listening to, uh, what's going on in the headlines, if I can make that relevant to what scripture we're going to talk about, that's the go-to rather than pulling out a specific sermon. Like this last Sunday when I mentioned uh, liminal spaces, I opened by talking about 1971, uh, David Bowie, 
is going to have his first kid, and he writes the song Changes. Mm-hmm. It's a liminal, cha- liminal space is about changes. So, And he says, turn and face the strange. That's one of the, the lines turn in there. Turn and face the strange. Changes. changes. Exactly. And we're going to so, edit that part out. <laughs> no, we're not. That's good. <laughs> that is part of what this is all. You know, we're turning and facing the strange in our world right now. We are, and it's changing. So I can't tell you how many parishioners have been like, I've had changes in my head all day the last few days because you mentioned it. So I, I put a little earworm in there, and they'll be thinking about God with us in the midst of change. I, I thought you were going to mention 71, who won the World Series. Um, Philly. No, it was Bal- no, Philly's in 80. Baltimore, Bort- Baltimore in 71. And then A's went on there, 72, 73. Was that the Brooks Robinson? Team? It was, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then yeah, the Jim A's. Palmer, I think. Yeah, the underwear guy. There's yes, a whole generation of people don't oh know that. Gosh. Yeah, he sold underwear. I forgot all about that. Yeah, the, the, Google the tidy kids. Google yes, that. That's right. You can YouTube that. Anyway. So it, I, I think it's great. You know, when you give a sermon, I could say, to, isn't it great? You can see every parishioner out there. You know, people hide in the back and they're sitting wherever. They're reading their program or they're reaching, surfing through the... You can see everything, can't you? I can. Let them know that right now. You can see everything. When they doze off, talking to each other... Or they're not there. Or not there. (laughs) No, that's another thing. That's another thing I've learned. You get into the shaming business... And you've already lost. But wouldn't it because be, Jesus is not in the shaming business. I know, but he, he hasn't got a sense of humor. Wouldn't it be fun one Sunday? Hey, wake up. Back there. I'm not going to go on to you. Wake that guy up over there. <laughs> exactly. Jimmy, uh, what was that again? What, what did I just say, sir? There'll be a test after this. So uh, back on that point a little bit, um, uh, 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 changes and such and what's in our head. and How do I talk to myself? You know, I think... A big negative. What a question! I think what a, a big negative part of society of every person is they talk to themselves, and if they're mad at their spouse or at somebody at work, they they turn it up in their head. And generally, by the time you get to that situation, you're already so amped up and so worked up. It's it's what's going on inside folks' head. You know, if if every and really, it's kind of how do I talk to myself? Everyone gets so excited and so uh, just, I don't know, pushes a little bit of anger forward where you can go driving, you know, from my house to here, 15 minutes. By the way, your road's getting ripped up in front of your house. I know that. It's awful. So by the time you get here, if I'm stewing about something, I'm white hot by the time I get here or something. You know, how can we talk to ourselves or or just turn it down a little bit? I think. Uh, Beer. (laughs) There you go. And music. (laughs) And God, the Trinity. Um I think one of the things just to remind ourselves of is most of us immediately go to worst case scenario and worst case scenario almost never, ever, ever happens. That's correct. So I think first talking to yourself, being aware, don't go to worst case scenario because it's probably not going to happen. And really I think just trying to be present and aware of what's, what the situation is um, would be my best advice is don't, don't, don't future trip. Don't imagine and spend all your time thinking about the future and all the things that might happen because you're not present right now. So don't future trip imagining the worst. I will say, I uh, tell my wife, uh, Lindley, uh, she likes to speculate on, I wonder what, and I said, honey, we don't, I, that's to me wasted energy. And, and I, it's, it's okay to be prepared for different outcomes in your life and decisions you make whether it's uh, with friends or having to cancel, you know, difficult decisions in your life. But I, I just don't 
I don't do, I'm not built that way. I just rather have it play out, control the outcome as much as I can, and just not work myself into a tizzy. So don't worry about my freaking road out here, okay, dude? It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a better, the next time in the future you come, you're going to have a smoother road and yeah. your, and your Mustang 5.0 is not going to have the little, uh, you know, you're going to, you're, you're not going to uh, hit a pothole or anything. So, get my tar so you know, sorry, I don't, you know, so I'm not in the bubble in well, Brentwood. I'm in East Nashville. All right. This is how common people Listen, live. Listen, Mr. Calm, what's that little sticker you had on your old Mustang <laughs> on the dash? It, it's true. What does it it's say? It's true. Well, I, what did I it had, say? It said, it said um, uh, uh, just chill. Just chill. Because yeah. when you got 490 under the hood. That's it. Just and, chill. And, and you're not being able to merge. Uh, it and it and you're you know it, so we've you're, learned you're going to be some, late and you know it. Uh, we've learned some great phrases. Don't future trip yeah. and just chill. Just, just let's turn it down. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> All right, we got more for you. Rapid, 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 rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid. All right, here we go, Joe. You know the you know the you know the drill. Rapid fire questions, Malone. Don't have to be rapid or firing. Uh, whatever you want to do. Let's, let's talk some music here. Uh, do, boy, it's a really broad one. But do you have a favorite album of all time? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, UK, UK. So John Wetton, Alan Holdsworth. Uh, it's prog rock from Man. late seventies. Wow, I love that album. Yeah. That's digging deep. I'm gonna have to go to iTunes for that. That's but, an, but, I, but I'm intrigued. That's a Earl Bailey deep tracks. It is Earl Cape Cod. That <laughs> tipped Earl. Cape Cod in my room <laughs> doing some deep tracks. Oh my goodness. Uh pet peeve. Give me a pet peeve. Pet peeve. Not to be negative, but yeah, uh, self righteousness. Well, I don't believe that, and, but no. Oh, I'm being self-righteous there. <laughs> see, see the irony, Joe? See, yeah. you don't get that on every podcast. I mean, that, that's, that's good. That's quality content right there. What's, uh, what's, what book are you reading now? The Bible. Oh, of course <laughs> I'm you have you. Oh, <laughs> no, so, you know. Um, that was a layup. I'm actually between books. I just read one um, about a girl who grew up in purity culture and came out and actually became an atheist and never reclaimed her faith. It was a fascinating read. Comedy. No. My favorite comedy? Oh, no. Yeah. What's your favorite comedy? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Do you binge watch on anything, old shows or anything? You don't have time for that. Well, the comedy, you know, we're going to have to edit this out. No. Blazing Saddles is a great comedy well, because oh, it's, it's, yeah. free, it's free game for we everybody. Today, every, but no, right. There's equal opportunity getting hammered from in every that deal. angle. Yeah. From every Everyone angle. Everyone gets it. <laughs> they a, do not a discriminate. Great, <laughs> a great comedy is when everybody gets it. Oh, yeah. and as far as the binge watch, speaking of comedy as well, my wife and I are now going from the very beginning uh, all the way through Seinfeld, although we know we watched yeah. Seinfeld, but we're doing it again just so that's what I'm binge watching. I, you know, I, the Comedy Central still on my TV most of the time, and I still enjoy watching The Office uh, endlessly, like the way I used to watch Mash, where every time Frank Burns would run out of the tent and fall in the hole, it was still just as funny thirty viewings ago as it was now. See, I, I find The Office a little bit cringy. Oh, you do, but my girls love it. But I, I love it. I oh. just. Uh, I'm more of a Seinfeld guy. Okay. Uh, dead or alive dinner guests you'd like to have? Name two or three or four. I, I, I will set more places if you name more. And, uh, you know, I'm not picking up the bill, but yeah. Uh, dead or alive? So, alive, I, you know, I got to have Alice Cooper at the table. Oh. Um, I'm a big Cooper fan. 
and would love to hang out with Alice. Uh, would also love to hang out with, um, let's see, you know, I'd love to talk to Schwarzenegger. I think having Alice and Arnold together would be pretty cool. Yeah. And let's see, who's a third person we could throw in there? How about um, Jimi Hendrix? Okay. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Your, your, your music is incredibly diverse. What's if we were going to go in your car right now and look at the CD player, what's in there? Nothing in the CD player because I'm on? a serious XM guy. Okay. But, but fair enough. What's up? Uh, we were talking about this. John sent me a text the other day and it had Yacht Rock on there. He goes, yeah, I listen to Yacht Rock. Sue me. But Yacht Rock oh, is on my preset. Yacht 14. Rock's on my preset. So what's your, what are your XM presets on your number one spot? Okay. So on the on the this five or whatever are the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, classic rewind, classic vinyl, uh, first wave, and hey, yep. yacht go, rock. Go. Oh, <laughs> I go XMU. Yeah, but that I did, we did four out of five. We I was the same, and Ozzy's Boneyard is my. Oh, I've final. also got Ozzy's Boneyard That's on the it. next page. That's good. And right. Willie's Roadhouse. And yeah, Outlaw Country. Oh my God. All right. Uh, so. Oh, that's good. Watercolors is in there for me. Watercolors. What? Yeah, it's lame, but it's Spa. awesome. I do Almost. have jazz on there. A little bit. It's like that's kind of. It's like my catch-all one there. Yeah, the I'm not 70s, writing with you. Seventies. I like not, that. Yeah, oh, that's just that. good stuff. So speaking but, of seventies, you know the sensational Alex Harvey band. Uh, Alex Harvey band. Now the we're getting sens- into that memory again. The what sensational, the, the sensational sing, Alex sing Harvey a song, band. Sing a song. Um, so he, they're from Scotland. He was. Skiffle is kind of a music genre from back in the day, mm-hmm. and he bridges rock and roll and skiffle. A song, I'm, I can't sing it, is Sergeant Fury, so YouTube that. Sergeant Fury by the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. Great fun. The lead guitarist paints his face like a mime. It's crazy stuff. So, And then he doesn't sing. <clears throat> Right, he, he, just, he just mimes. See, he just mimes. <laughs> he's, he's, what, that, that's difficult to kind of show on an album. I mean, that's was like because he, he's miming. You did know, you have he's this climbing the wall. At Two a.m. when you were president of the fraternity at Swanee, <laughs> with the, jumping around an empty room. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, and I like it because it's so obscure. But see, I had three older brothers growing up, okay. so I grew up under their musical influence from the '60s and '70s, um, and so you know. Black Sabbath and the Sensational Alex Harvey Pan, Deep Purple, oh, classic rock and roll, Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk Railroad, Grand Love Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, that's live version of Inside Looking Out is absolutely killer. So uh, Don Brewer, Mark Farner, and Mel Shocker, they're my guys. That's awesome. That's, that's great. good. Uh, final question. This is Joe Asses. I'm stealing it. Um, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Um, similar to the, your dashboard, enjoy life and don't take it so damn seriously. You know, that's, that's probably what 9.9 out of 10 folks say from CEOs to musicians. Uh, they're like, man, I was really amped on myself back in those days and you have goals you got to hit, but, um, that ain't the big picture, is it? No, it's relationships, man. Yep. And being present again, enjoying what's right in front of you instead of thinking about what's ahead in this podcast being present here instead of thinking of the sermon i'm going to write this afternoon i could be there in my mind but then i wouldn't be here don't future trip baby don't future trip Uh uh-huh joe and john have come to the fork in the road 
we talk about this. We love this podcast to be inspirational, motivational. Uh, we love the comeback. Uh, name something in your life. It could have been when you were 12 or last week. Something that, because you have moved around a little bit, You've, you know, that, that takes some, uh, some intestinal fortitude to, to live in different areas and start over and all that. What, um, name something that happened in your life. Maybe it didn't happen that you just look back and go, wow, that got me, as Joe likes to say, you know, one door slid closed, the other one opened. Do you have something like that? Happenstance? Everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? <laughs> you're, exactly. You're overtaken. I think. He's going, that's what sure. the sermon's going to be about um, someday. No. What, what, well, immediately what comes to my mind is uh, I joined this fraternity at Swanee, and oh, on, shake, on shake day, I meet this guy named Chip Sloan. On what day? Shake day, the day you join the fraternity. So when we got rushed, I never saw this guy during a rush. And never met him. <laughs> so we all of a sudden I look up. around and yep. we're both part of this fraternity and we become instant friends. In fact, the next uh, year we become roommates. And um, his sister comes up to visit him uh, for a party, and he tells me to keep an eye on her away from all the rest of fraternity brothers because you know what's probably on their mind. And um, he'd pay me a six pack of beer for keeping an eye on her. Well, then I saw her, and I was like, oh, man, I'm making out like a bandit because she is beautiful, and I'm getting some beer. Six pack of beer. So, some yeah. Coors out of the deal. And Coors <laughs> oh, was big time. You could get it back then. Well, yeah, yeah. we were drinking. Mississippi, that was. Uh-huh. We were drinking Beast Light, so Coors yeah. was like craft beer. No Coors Champagne. Light. We're talking the, the gold can. Yeah. The gold can. That's yeah. exactly right. So that moment that, you know, joining that fraternity, meeting Chip, becoming friends, meeting his sister. Nine years later, we got married, and that's my wife, Mary. Isn't that it? Oh, my goodness. Look so not only, not only uh, was he making out really well. That's it. Was he might have might, made out. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't. I don't it was know. just the thing. Oh, I was that, trying to be uh, the good boy. Uh, and here, here's another reason. Don't you I'm, like me? <laughs> I was a freshman in college. She was a junior in high school. I was like... <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm doing some math here, hey, and I'm not. Is that was she? Let's go. Elvis. Legal? I mean, yeah. Wait <laughs> No, that's what Jerry, I said. Jerry Lee Lewis. I didn't right start here. dating her until much later. <laughs> I'm not liked, sure that's the story we'd get from her. I just think, I don't know. I like. I think Mary liked that you were taller than Mary's a tall gal. Yeah. Malone's yeah. a tall guy. Okay, so I think you were taller than her. No, she was probably tired of looking down on guys. That's that's probably exactly right. <laughs> Plus, you were a great guy. What fraternity uh, were you in at Swanee? Delta Tall Delta, the Delts. So oh, the Delta, the Deltas. We had we had we had, we had them at Butler. At, so ironic. Yeah, Joe story, and I are the same. Yeah. We're the same age, and so John's at Butler, and I'm at Western Kentucky University, and he's a Sigma Nu. I'm a Sigma Nu. So our, all our ties came together in goofy. The ways. party that I took Mary to that. Is it the Sigma New House? That was there you go. Oh yeah, see, yeah. see, we 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 were the Chuck Woolery. A we, government we cheese did that. was playing that night. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, probably. We had those parties. I've told this story before, but the the, the, the at Sigma New, we always talked about uh, you know the parties that went on to one thirty two, two thirty, and you know the the dance floor and the the area, the, the general area, kind of thinned out, and um, we referred to that as the scratch and dent sale, <laughs> which is which is I'm not proud. I'm not proud of that. Uh, I no, I sort of am. But uh, yeah. So, do you play? Do you play an instrument? 
I don't. I spent my youth on athletics, which has not served me well into my older years. What'd you do? What'd you play? Uh, football, basketball, ran track. Yep. Yeah. But basketball was my love. Was that all in Texas? All in Texas in Fort Davis. Yep. So uh, that was a small town, was it not? 900 people. Yeah. yeah my graduating class, public school was 16 people. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, was your father a minister? No, my dad was a dentist for three counties. So wow. people would drive an hour and a half to two hours one way just to come see my dad. We mm-hmm. were in the middle of nowhere. And what, uh, you know, with your brothers, you just uh, play sports and go to school and make up things to do. Yeah, I, I mean, stayed busy. The, we were in the mountains, so a, a lot of people don't realize there are mountains in Texas. But in oh, the boy. very far southwest, yes, the town are. I grew up in was a mile high, like Denver. What's and Fort Davis near? Uh, not a thing. Big Bend <laughs> National Park is, if you know where Big Bend is. The nearest very large city would be El Paso, which was okay. three and a half to almost four hours away. Sure. Uh, yeah, huge mountains as you get through central Texas and headed towards the west-southwest. Because you're going to get a dry line thunderstorm this afternoon. Uh, it's just, Texas is just, uh, it's just an odd state. It's so big. It has so many dynamic changes from the southern border up towards the Red River Valley. And it's just, it's just a great, unique place. Well, if people have never been to the Chihuahuan Desert Southwest there in Texas, it's the place in Texas to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the scenery is incredible. It's cattle ranching, so it's legitimate what you think of texas you know you oil rigs and cattle ranching where you fly into you'll see the oil rigs you drive into the cattle ranching beautiful so uh hidden gym hard to get to you, you have put tabasco to on everything uh no tabasco's tame that's uh <laughs> we make real salsa down there <laughs> the good stuff that's right you gotta wear shades we began this talking about uh, how the world is going to hell in a handbasket and, and you have to uh, create sermons and do some uplifting things to uh, stir the congregation. Uh, future is bright here in Nashville. There's a lot of, you know, it's obviously the it city and all those, you know, cliches we have. Tell us why your future is bright and why uh, uh, St. George's Episcopal Church is, uh, has got, got brightness going on. Yeah, I, well, uh, we've talked about life lessons. I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like the best is yet to come. I mean, I'm not, I don't take life as seriously as I used to. I enjoy it much more. And I think just having that perspective lends itself to fulfilling. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Life's going to be better if you think it's going to be better. Uh, if you anticipate the worst, it's, it's going to be a downer. I've got a great clergy team and support staff at St. George's. Uh, we are growing, which is unusual for any mainline denominational church, and certainly within the Episcopal Church, uh, it's an anomaly. But we have new people coming to St. George's every single week. Um, We're growing by leaps and bounds. There's a ton of excellent energy. We're thriving, and I think it's uh, in large part due to the staff and the congregation is engaged and plugged in. And, you know, there's really a warm spirit there, which uh, the – the typical person who might drive by St. George's might look and say, you know, this is on the corner of Bellmead and Harding Boulevard. You know, it's probably stuffy and a bunch of people who won't give me the time of day in there. But I can tell you nothing is further from the truth. Incredibly warm-spirited place. Uh, it is. I'll back that up. Kim and I, when when I met my wife Kim, um, I was in radio in that era, and I bought a house in Hillwood, 
where I was single. And, uh, you know, Sundays were having a beer and eating wings, watching football. And Kim's Episcopalian. She says, why don't we go to church? And I grew up Methodist. Christmas and Easter pretty much in uh, Hendersonville. So we came down and went to St. George's. This was 35 plus years ago. And uh, the choir, the music at this church is the greatest choir that you will ever hear in your life. And we just loved it. And we came back for the music. And then Father Epstein was the, the rector back then. He was t- terrific. And fast forward, we got married there. Our sons were delivered by a parishioner. How weird is that? A, uh, they were baptized at St. George's. And uh, I even worked there as director of ministry engagement for uh, several years. It's a fantastic place. And if you want to hear Malone in action, stgeorgesnashville.org, stgeorgesnashville.org. Uh, Malone's sermons live there on what's a great website for watching services and listening to uh, what you so do. after you listen to this podcast you might want to listen to a sermon listen, listen to a sermon <laughs> there's more no, wait there's more well inventory you can uh, you, you can know, and by the way you talked about the staff not being there joe is no longer a paid member um of, of st george's you you uh, of, uh, he was a, you were a lay minister Right? Yep. Is that was that the? Uh, well, that's correct. I worked on the staff. I serve as a Eucharistic minister in the church, so it means I can do a communion service off campus, which means we would deliver as a family. We would go and uh, visit generally elderly people, and you can. My sons would read, uh, you know, uh, New Testament, Old Testament type thing. Took the show on the road, and uh, we could do a communion service. And so we would always go as a family. That's how my boys grew up, and we've buried three people. Uh, they've watched, you know. And it was a great lesson of this ain't about you, you know? Yeah. Things are not about you. We're and part think, of a much larger p- story. Oh, yeah. And they learned, I think that the best lesson I could have taught them as a dad was that very topic. Well, we are part of a bigger story. It ain't about you. So um, stgeorgesnashville.org to check out Malone. And, you know, is and not say awkward. We know each other, Malone. But, you know, I said, John, I'm going to have a priest come in. So, you know, with a, your, your personality is tremendous. He, Malone's great a great voice, by the fun way. Guy. Could it could have done yeah. radio, could have done TV. Sure. Oh, man. And he does that anyway. Now, I mean, you know, in a different yeah. you know, medium. But, but that's what life is about, talking to each other. And, it's community. It's yeah. all relational. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's at the bottom line, that's the what the business that I'm in. I mean, Christianity is about relationship. It's not about rules and regulations and rites and rituals. Uh, that all becomes empty and leads to self-righteousness, as I mentioned earlier. It is about relationship and making these connections as we travel and make our way on this journey uh, through liminal space, brother. Liminal right. space. Well, let me end on this. Um, uh, grew up Catholic, was an ultra boy at Sacred Heart at campus at Notre Dame. And uh, uh, I, I tell people I'm not practice. I don't practice anymore. I, 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 I'm, I'm a pro, um, which is a cop-out, I know. Um, but... Uh, if you don't have that spiritual uh, DNA in you, and I know it can reignite, but I often tell people, you know, about heaven and hell and all this. I say, you know, if if you were on trial for being a good person, is there enough evidence to convict you? And a religion teacher said that to me in my high school. I went to a Catholic high school. And I kind of live by that. I go, you know, I, I don't know if you have to be, quote, spiritual or you have to be. I just think you need to be a good person. Um I guess what I'm asking is, is that enough to get to heaven or, or do I need to step up my game? 
Well, <laughs> or is that a whole other podcast? It's a whole other podcast, yeah, yeah, but I'll okay. give you, I'll give you just a real short <laughs> snippet. I'm hosed, aren't I? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I would say we've made a lot of assumptions about heaven and hell being eternal destinations and that's all they are. Um, things have started now. You can experience heaven now. You can experience hell now. And, um, don't play the game of, am I going to let, is Peter going to let me in through the gates? I love it because there is a little joke that says, uh, there's a fellow who's trying to say, you know, I did this. I, I served at the soup kitchen. Uh, I came to church all the time. And Peter's listening to him and says, yeah, that's fine. And then this guy sees his neighbor down the street who, um, you know, went to the bar, played golf, and but was a fine person, just walked straight in. And the fellow goes, well, Peter, what the heck's going on? He didn't, uh, you know, talk about how he deserves to be in here. And Peter looks at him and goes, yeah, he doesn't play that game. Neither do I. (laughs) So well said. Uh, Malone, uh, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you and your family peace in your great time here in leadership. You're you're just a tremendous guy. Thank you. Man, appreciate it. Loved being with you guys. And just uh, thank you for being on the second cup of Joe. And John! It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.